This is the third uh, lesson that we have in a series called Behold, All Things Are New. Amen? But let's pray first. Amen. You want to pray or you want me to pray? <laughs> you pray too, okay? <laughs> Father, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you that you love us so much, Father, that you're going to share wonderful truths for your people, that they may be blessed, they may be encouraged, they may see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. They may be able to grab hold and see that all the promises of God in him are yea and amen, and that, Lord, that you're going to bless your people with your word and the promises in your word, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. amen. So this is the third part in the series called Behold, All Things Are New, and the scripture that we're using is in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, therefore, if any man, is there any man out there, any woman out there? Who is in Christ, he is a what? New creature, new creation. Did you know that? You're a new creature. You're not new and improved. You don't have another formula. You are a brand new person on the inside of you. Jesus has come to live on the inside of you. So what we have to do is put off the old man, your old ways, the old anger, the hatred, the bitterness. Oh, I must be talking about some other church. <laughs> not you guys. But all the things that we used to do, the way we used to think, the way we used to act, the way we used to talk, the places we used to go to, are old and passed away. I, I don't go to the nightclub anymore. I go to the light club. Amen? <laughs> I take the Lord with me wherever I go. Amen? I don't need to go to the bar and get some help. Amen? That just brings you down. I go to where he can raise me up. So behold, all, thing, all things, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You have become new. You're a new creature in Christ. The Bible says that we are born from above when we get born again. God, the Spirit of God comes on, on the inside of us. And so now we have the mind of Christ. Now we have the power of God residing on the inside of us. And we can do things that we couldn't do before. Amen? Well, how do you get that way, you might say? How do I get to be a new man? Well, let's see. There's four D's that we were looking at. And you have to have, this is recap, desire, dedication, determination, and discipline. And some of you may say, those are bad words. <laughs> I can't do those things. That's why I'm in the, pro the, the problems that I'm in now. But <clears throat> let's break it down so we can see, show you that it's not really you that's doing it. It's God in you to do it through you, amen? Desire, that's the first thing. You have to have a desire. The Bible says whatsoever you desire when you pray. Do you desire or you just wish and hope and maybe it'll come to pass? You have to desire it. I wish I could sing like Kelly. I wish I could play the piano. I wish I could play the guitar, but I don't put the time in to develop myself to learn how to do those things. So I'm just wishing and hoping. I wish, I, uh, I wish God would bless me. I hope God will bless me. Well, you don't put the time in, and that's where the dedication comes in. You have to dedicate yourself. David said, I, early will I seek you. I'm making time to be with you so that I can let you come into me and dedicate myself to you so that I can have the promises that you want to give me. Amen? You can't just, you know, wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm ready. Bless me. 
No, you have to put some time in. And determination means that you have to be determined if it doesn't come to pass, if you get disappointed, if you get discouraged, if it doesn't happen in the time that you want it to, do you just keep pressing on or do you give up? Oh, well, I guess it wasn't the Lord's will. I'm just going to go on. I found out that if I'm going and doing things and it's not working, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I like to go to somebody that's already received the blessing, already uh, uh, you know, found themselves in the Lord and what they need, and then I follow them. Don't reinvent the wheel. Go ahead and learn from them. So you have to be determined and you have to be disciplined. What does that mean? That means you have to tell your body what to do. You tell your body to get up in the morning and pray. You tell your body you're going to uh, read the word. Yeah. You, you don't ask your body, how do you feel this morning? <laughs> you know what your body will say, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, an, an Olympic runner, what, what does, he, does he ask his body, how do you feel today? Do you feel like running? He tells his body, you're going to get up because you want to win that gold medal, right? right? Now, let's look at this guy right here. <clears throat> Does this man look like a candidate for a blessing? Is he dedicated, determined, or disciplined? Is the coach going to call him into the game? The coach is going to have a hard time just waking him up. Wake up, wake up, the game's going on, right? (laughs) The Bible says somewhere in Romans that why do you sleep and slumber, right? Wake up. And see, see the Lord work in your life. So, and, and the Bible also says to discipline yourself. It says keep your body under. Buffet your body. People think that means buffet your body. <laughs> and here's this guy right here. Look at him. Is he happy or what? Now, I think he's going a little overboard, don't you think? But you know what? We're an eating society. Did you know that? We love to eat. We love to talk about it. We like to talk about where we can go to get a great meal. We like to talk about recipes. And I hear people at work talking about, oh, yeah, you know, you take this fish and you marinate it and you saute it and you put some garlic and you put some oregano. And oh, it's so beautiful. (laughs) Do they get that excited about the things of God? No, they have to get excited about, oh, yeah, I witnessed to this person. They got, it's so exciting that they're bringing their families to church and they want to do things for the Lord. You have to, you know, get that excited and not be so excited about the carnal things. I'm just talking now, okay? Praise the Lord. So what have we learned so far? We're new people, new, new creatures in Christ. We have to act like it. We have to, you know, um, do those things that are new in the Lord, not new Uh, to him, but new to us. We have to break out of our, you know, regular routine, move into a new realm of allowing the Lord to touch our hearts and make us soft towards him. We have to do the four D's. We have to have desire, dedication, determination, and discipline. So today's lesson, the third lesson is, how do we do that? We can't do it in our own strength, but we have to let the Lord, allow the Lord to work in our lives. Amen? Let's look at this in 1 Samuel 10.6, the story about Saul the king, and Samuel anoints him as king, and he's just an ordinary guy. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. He's a good-looking guy. He was like maybe a first bachelor that, you know, he, he was the most sought-after guy. 
And uh, he was the George Clooney of the, uh, of the Bible. Everybody loved him. But he wasn't that spiritual. He had a form of godliness, but not the power thereof. So Samuel tells him, go to the prophets. Go where the prophets are. And then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you shall prophesy with them, and you shall be turned into another man. Whoo! Isn't that good news? <clears throat> By hanging with somebody else that's a prophet, that spirit can get on you, and you can be like them. So if you want to learn how to be whatever you want to be, hang around that person that has that same gift and let it come upon you. You want to be stable? You want to be faithful? Hang around someone that's that way. If you want to be loving and caring and you want to give to people, hang around people that are that way. Terry McFadden used to be so concerned about the poor. She kept talking to me, saying, Pastor, what are we going to do about Matthew 25? Matthew 25, Pastor, what are we going to do? I go, I don't know. What's in Matthew 25? <laughs> she said, feed the poor. <clears throat> Visit the sick. Oh, yeah. So we got a whole group of people that went to Vaughn's warehouse, got food, brought it to the church, portioned it out to people, and on Saturdays they would come and we'd feed the poor. Matthew 25, we were doing what, what God had called us to do. So you can change by hanging around people. Here's Saul right here. Samuel's telling him, listen, Mr. Man, go down to see the prophets and you'll be turned into another man. So what happens to him? Look at him now. Look at the change. There he is. Don't you, want to, don't you want to be changed? When you go to your high school reunion or when people haven't seen you for a while and they see you and they go, boy, you've changed. Your talk, your speech, your whole de demeanor has changed. Don't you want to be changed into another man? You say, well, I can't be. I know this is the way God made me and this is the way I'm going to be. True or false? True. False. <laughs> you can change. And Rosie is an example. She's my poster child, Rosie, this, this, this series. She had never in all of her life ministered or uh, got anyone saved in her whole entire life. But keep hearing that you're supposed to go out and reach your friends and talk to your neighbors and talk to your family. She's been doing that. She's gotten two people saved already. She's she said, right now, she's ministering to people at work. She's looking at people across the street in her neighborhood. She said, I, I got I to go talk to them. I got to go give them the card so that they can listen to the pastor. They don't even have to come to church. She said, it's an unction on the inside of me that's taking hold of me. I'm not even trying to do it. It's the Lord rising up on the inside of me. She's becoming a new person in Christ. Amen. Heretofore, she never had that happen before. What happened? The Spirit of the Lord got upon her. He, she kept hearing myself and Big Tommy say, you have to drive your car into, uh, with your family into heaven. You have to get in the driver's seat. You have to open the door and, and let the Lord come in. Amen? So we want to be turned into another man. Uh, so my question to you is, will you let God get involved in your life? Will you allow him to take charge and just take residence and let him do through you what he wants to do? God is knocking on the door of your heart with opportunities, with involvements, and I call it invitation to involvement. Do you want to be involved with God? You know, a lot of people are interested, but they're not involved. 
They, they think, oh, yeah, it would be nice to be a on-fire Christian. It'd be nice to be a witnesser. It'd be nice to have all these things, have, be able to pray for people. But they're not involved. They don't try to get involved in that. You know, when you're dating somebody for 10 years and you don't marry them, you're interested, but you're not involved. Amen. You're not committed. I was hearing this one pastor was talking about how they had a work day at church. And they, they were going to fix the church up. They were going to paint it and and do some cleaning and throwing some things out. And he said, well, guys, uh, come to the church at 9 o'clock, and we'll work for a while till noon, then we'll have lunch, and then we'll play basketball. And so it comes to 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. This guy shows up in his basketball uniform. <laughs> he says, when do we play basketball? <laughs> he goes, well, after lunch, after we've worked a while. He says, oh, you know, i got some appointments that i got to get to. Uh, I'll come back later. <laughs> After the work is done, but he never came back. He was interested, but he wasn't involved. Now, now God's not going to force you to work for him. You have a choice. But he can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. He can take the mundane and make it memorable. He can take the average and make it unforgettable. Are you making an impact on other people? Are you making a change in their life? Are you able to... Bring the Lord into their lives so that they uh, are changed. You know, and it's not based on your talents, your abilities, your looks, your charm. So it's, it doesn't matter. You know, Sean, you can't go on that. <laughs> it's not based on your eloquence, but it's the power of God working through you. Amen. Touching people's hearts and lives. You got to know them. Get on the inside and ask the Lord, well, how can I minister to them? You know, I have, uh, we've been 15 years removed from our first church, but we had such an impact there. We had such a love for the people and loved them so much and touched them so much that we still get calls from them. How you doing? Miss you so much. Wish we could be together again. It was great. In fact, I had this one guy who calls me every day on my birthday, every year on my birthday, November 22nd, November 22nd, praise the Lord. <laughs> And he sings to me, happy birthday, every, every year, for 15 years. That's making an impression on somebody, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Then I've had people that would send me money because they remembered, you know, you helped me with smoking, and you helped me get rid of that and drinking, and you prayed for me, and, and, and I don't, I've never had a drink or, or I, I don't smoke, and I, I had diabetes, it's all gone. I, I was thinking about, I was praying, and the Lord told me to send you $500. Wow. I said, praise the Lord, Hallelujah. That's impact that lasts for many years. And that's what we have to do. When it's of the Lord and you're touching people, you're going to change their lives. Amen? Amen? Like I said, we have a choice. We don't have to, you know, do what we want to do. Peter and John, you know, the Lord came and touched Peter, right? He says, come with me and I'll make you fishers of men. He could have said, well, you know, that's all well and good, Jesus is... Nice talking to you and everything, but I, I'm, I just stick to catching fish. That I know. You know, this, this catching men, I don't know how to do that, right? He could have said that, couldn't he? But look how his life changed, how he became greatly used of God, and God used him, and he's forever going to be remembered in heaven as one of the apostles, one of the cornerstones, one of the stones in heaven. And it says right here about Peter in Acts 4, after he got filled with the Holy Ghost, because Peter wasn't the greatest guy, the most likely candidate to be an apostle, was he? He used to curse, 
He used to say stuff out of his mouth that he had to try to bring back, right? He, he was a little egotistical. He, he said, well, Lord, I, 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 you know, don't wash my feet only, but wash my whole body. Jesus said, no, you're missing the whole thing. You ever, you ever talk out of turn? You ever say stuff that you wish you hadn't? But, you know, they wrote it down. Everything that he said wrong, they wrote it down. <laughs> Would you like them to write down all the things that you say? <laughs> no, thank God, okay. But when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they, what, had been with Jesus. You guys talk just like Jesus talks. You act just like Jesus acts. You pray for people just like he does. And we see God working in you. You're unlearned people. You didn't go to college. You didn't go to seminary. But you know what? You've been with, they got to say that about you. You've been with Jesus. You, you, you have that same love and that same touch that he had. Let's see. Uh, here's Jesus talking to Peter. He's listening. Are you listening to the Lord? Are you letting him take charge of your life? Amen? Because when Peter took care of his, when, when Peter signed up and said, okay, Lord, I'll serve you, the Lord took care of his family, took care of him, took care of everything that he needed to be taken care of. And he'll do that for you. Amen? So here it says in 2 Corinthians 6, 1, we then, having said all that, we then are what? Workers together with him. What a privilege it is to work for, with God and for him. What, what a privilege it is for almighty God to say, I want to choose you, pick you, and, and use you, your hands, your voice, your, your life to make a difference in someone else. What a, what a privilege that is, isn't it? God's saying, I'll work through you. Empty yourself. Let me come through and, and, and be a vessel of righteousness. Praise the Lord. He wants to be your partner. He wants to use you as his messenger. He wants you to be his representative, his ambassador. Hand-picked. He chose you. Work together with me. Now, let me ask you a question. Who fed the 5,000? Anybody know? Who fed the 5,000? Jesus. We all say that, right? But God, yes. He, but let's look at it this way. Didn't he multiply the loaves and the fishes? Yes. But who fed them? No. The disciples worked together with Jesus. Jesus prayed, and they went. What, what was Jesus trying to do? He was trying to show them, look at, look at the miracle. Here's a basket. Here's some, here's some for you. Here's some for you. Oh, man, I got some more. Okay, here's some for you. Here's some for you. Oh, I got more. Here's some for you. When you pray for somebody to get healed or to change their life or to get saved, you go, whew, wow, Lord, you used me. Look, look how they changed. It's a miracle. God wants to use us. He wants to be workers together with us. And I've learned this, and I learned it from Kenneth Hagin, who was, when he was uh, ministering when he was younger, he had to travel around, and he used to be uh, with other uh, churches because he was an itinerant pastor, itinerant speaker. And so he was gone from his home. But he said, Lord, I'm giving, you, I'm giving my family over to you that you watch and protect them. I'm giving my sons and my daughter to you. And he went out and ministered. 
And he never had to witness to his children. God was witnessing to them. So my son, I remember this because I used to have to work a lot at church. I mean, I was gone a lot of the times. I didn't travel, but I was at church a lot and, you know, pray for people and go to the hospitals and be with them and go to Bible studies and just busy, 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 busy. And so I said the same thing, Lord, I give my family to you. I trust in you. I believe that you're going to watch over them. So when Charles, he went to, he went to church with us every Sunday. He went to a, a Christian high school, Christian grade school. But then he went to Berkeley, non-Christian, yay, opposite, you know, antichrist almost. Don't believe in God, rebellious, all this stuff. So guess how he came back? After four years, well, I just don't even know if there is a God, okay? <laughs> you guys have been ramming this down my throat for all these years, and I don't even know if I like you guys. <laughs> Who is this kid? <laughs> so for six months, maybe eight months, he didn't go to church. Didn't want to talk to us. He was rebellious. Anybody can relate to that? And so my wife says, you better pray. <laughs> you better pray hard for this boy. And so I said, Lord, I gave my life to you. I, I, I'm serving you. I know you're going to watch over my family as I have taken care of your family in the church of God. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened after about six or eight months, it just snapped in him. He said, what am I doing? I need, I need to get close, closer to my dad. I need to do the things that he's doing. So he'd ride to church with me. He'd be with me. He'd play basketball with me. He became joined again. And now my God is his God. Amen. Amen. So that's an encouragement to you. Praise the Lord. But you see, people don't want to get involved because it's too messy. I don't want to get tugged and pulled and, you know, pushed around into different situations, different directions. I want to have a nice, tidy life. No interruptions, no distractions, no, dis uh, uh, you know, no changing of my plans. I want to have a nice, little, organized life. But you don't have the blessings of God when you do that. Us for, us for and no more doesn't work. Look at Jesus. What did he do? The woman at the well, remember? He was tired. He was hungry, and he was thirsty. That's a, that's a bad combination, isn't it? You ever been so tired you don't know if you're supposed to sleep, or, and so hungry you don't know if you're supposed to eat first, or, 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 get, or sleep first, or eat? <laughs> yeah. And so he took the time to minister to this woman and showed her about salvation. And after it was all done, he said, when the disciples came back with some food, he said, I'm not hungry anymore. I, 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 my meat is to do the will of God. I'm not thirsty anymore. I'm not tired anymore. In ministering to only one person. So when you minister just to even one person, you can get filled with the presence of the Lord. God can use you. Now this guy right here, anybody know who that guy is? Besides my wife? Who is that? Darlene, no? Nobody knows? Marianne, who is that? Norval Hayes. Norval Hayes. 
You were going to say that. Looks like a very successful businessman, doesn't he? Well, he had 10 or 11 businesses. They're all making a million dollars apiece. And the Lord interrupted him and said, Norville, I need you to serve me. I've been blessing you. You need to serve me. And he said, what do you want me to do, Lord? He said, I want you to go down to Skid Row and minister to the people there. He goes, you got to be kidding me. So he went down there. He was obedient. And he came upon this little girl that says, would you come and pray with my mother, for my mother? And she said, he said, okay. So he went into this room like a shack type thing. And he said, it smelled so bad. <laughs> he could barely get it. He had to hold his nose to get in. He said the, the, the sheets were brown and so dirty that they were slick and they, you could just slide right off of them. And he said the woman was so big and so stinky, he said when he went in to pray with her, he had to hold his nose. He said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that this woman would be healed in the name of Jesus. And he got out. He said, Lord, is this what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? He says, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting you warmed up. <laughs> I'm getting you to understand what the other side of life is. So after he started being more successful, the Lord said to him, Norval, there's a bunch, there's a retirement community in Florida of people that are just waiting there to die, and they're all going to go to hell. What I need you to do is I need you to go there and orchestrate a committee a group of people that can go to the, to the homes, knock on their doors, invite them to church, have a church service, and I'm going to let you buy this church, and I want you to fix it up, and I want to have church services there so these people can get saved. But Norval said, Lord, I'm so busy. Isn't that what we say? I'm so busy. I got so much to do. He said, can't you get somebody else? And the Lord said, but you're the only one that can do this. You're the only one that can organize these groups, these parties to go out. And you're the only one to get a church service that would work. You're the only one that can finance buying this church. He said, would you do it? He said, Lord, I don't know if I can. And the Lord said something that changed my life. He said, the Lord said to him, would you do it for me? Would you do it for me? And that's what the Lord is asking us today. Would you do it for him? What would you do for him? As Kelly was saying in the beginning of the service, God wants us to work for him, be joint heirs and co-workers with him, and to do those things that he's called us to do to reach his people. And if he does that, you're working with him. And I want to tell you something, he pays well. He'll take care of you. He really will. So last couple of scriptures, 1 John 3, 2. So how do you get to this point? How do you get crazy like me? <laughs> How do you get crazy to you want to serve people? Well, the Bible says that when you get closer to God, he'll tell you what he wants you to do. When you get closer to God, the gifts and the talents that he's, he's put in you, he'll show you how to use them. A lot of people say, well, I, I just don't hear God that well. Well, let me, the best way I heard it described is if, if I'm on this side of the street and somebody's on the other side of the street and there's cars passing and I'm asking for directions, and they're trying to tell me, you just go down the street. What? Go, what? Go, go where? 
go down the street and make a, I can't hear you. I'm not close enough to the person giving me the directions. So if you can't hear from God, you might not be close enough to hear the directions that he wants to give you. You guys got that? I can't hear you, Lord. Well, come a little closer. Let's talk a little bit. First John 3, 2 says, oh, back up. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, even if he appears in your bedroom, even if he appears in your prayer closet, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When we get in close contact with the Lord, the Lord will show us how to act and react to his love. Amen? Let's see that. Let's see that in picture form. That's the Lord. How could you resist a love like that? How can you resist someone that loves you so much? Isn't the natural reaction to give to somebody else that same love that you have? So the closer you get to him, the more he will come out. And last scripture, in Exodus 33, 15, Moses, you know, what if Moses said, you know, Lord, I don't really want to go and try to... Uh, deliver your people out of Egypt. How would that go? What if Abraham said, you know, I don't want to really move out from my country. What if, uh, uh, who was that guy? Gideon said, I don't really want to fight these battles. What if we say, Lord, I don't want to really be used of you. I just want to ignore you. You know, imagine that you're not really talking to me. And you say, well, I, might, I just don't feel blessed. I don't feel like the Lord is blessing me. Now, wait a minute. You're basing it on how much you make or where you live or what you drive. How can you not feel blessed when he's called you before the foundation of the world, that he's adopted you into the family of God, called you sons and daughters, and has his presence be with us wherever we go, and then after it's all over, he's got a mansion prepared for us in heaven for eternity. How can you say you're not blessed? We get caught up in, I got to have this, I got to have that. No. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I will not forsake you in any degree. In any little point, I can be there and touch you. So Moses was saying this because God said to him, you know, go into the promised land. I'm through with your people. They've just, you know, frustrated me so much. And I'll send an angel to go with you. And Moses said, "Uh -uh. Mm -mm. no way. He said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? <clears throat> so we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. He said, if your presence doesn't go with us, we're just like any other people. When we go out into the world, if we don't have the presence of the Lord, we're just normal, ordinary people. But when we have God with us, we're powerful. We're mighty. We're able to do strong things and powerful things for the Lord. And the last slide, don't you want that power? Don't you want that presence? Don't you want to be used of God and let him take over your life? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to know your word for us, know your promises for us, that, Lord, you want to use us. You've called us. You've chosen us. You've given us your word that you're going to be mighty in our behalf. And so, Father, we just thank you that we can call upon you in the day of trouble. Thank you that, Lord, you want to use us mightily to proclaim and declare the
the kingdom of God in the people that are around us. Father, use us. We yield ourselves to you. We ask you to use us. There's a moment right here where the Lord is, <clears throat> wants to enter into you, so just receive him right now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's put a lot of uh, resources, a lot of time into you. He wants you to move out now and do those things that he's called you to do. Don't be shy. Don't be timid. But step out in boldness of the Lord. Amen? Praise God.